0: Cougar Sports Saturday. It's complete and another touchdown! Cougar Sports Saturday. Saturday. A presentation of KSL Sports. KSL Sports. Left wing for three. He got it again! BYU Sports Talk by Cougar fans for Cougar fans. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte. On Utah's legacy home of the Cougars. ASL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160
1: AM. Let's talk some BYU hoops, Mitch. BYU Let's basketball ranked in the top 25. They lost a week ago to Utah. That was I know we touched on this earlier, but I you saw that coming? I just did not see that coming. They were in a big hole early and they just never got out of it. It was I wasn't surprised they didn't shoot it well. I just was surprised that won the big hole and it seemed like they struggled to guard the three-point line in that game. It just felt like Gabe Madsen was open all day long.
2: I was surprised, too, at the absence of Foose was magnified so much in that game because yep. it, before the previous games, the previous two, I know it was Fresno and Evansville, but it was all systems go. Like Ali Khalifa was outstanding and Khalifa's been outstanding passing the Rock. He still had six assists, I believe, in that game against Utah. But not having Foosh, you just kind of made you realize pause a little bit because road games will be hard. I, I feel like BYU could be a top 25 team this whole year, but they could also be a group that barely wins any road games. That's why games at UCF, at Oklahoma State, at West Virginia will be critical to the, to the prospects of you know, you know, really kind of cementing yourself to where you're an NCAA tournament team heading into the conference tournament. And look, I, I love that we're having that conversation that BYU is truly in the NCAA tournament mix. We're talking about them, as of today, in Lenardi's bracket, as a three seed, where they would be playing in Salt Lake City across the street here. And you get BYU in the Delta Center wow. in the first and second Can round of the NCAA tournament? They're getting a Sweet 16. I don't care who they're playing. They are going to win those games. Like, BYU fans will will them to victory. I don't care what it is. So, there is so much on the line. And they're I, getting a three-seed, though. They've got to sneak out
1: probably two games on the road yes. that you're not expecting.
2: No question. And you got to protect home court at all costs. Yep. And and it's just fun. Like, the, the chase for the, for the March Madness. And I think Mark Pope hit it best on his coach's show this week where that dynamic of being in a league – where you're chasing something and you're no longer on your heels. Like, we talked about it so much on this show, how the element of the WCC hurt BYU. And it hurt the experience for the fans because it was always about avoiding the landmine. And every game not named Gonzaga was a landmine. Even even this year, like, St. Mary's would have been a landmine. It, it's also, isn't it amusing, too, how Gonzaga's, like, human this year, they feel normal. Totally. <laughs> it's I know. like, oh, and now BYU leaves and you're human again. Like, you're yep. no longer this Power number house. one juggernaut that just destroys anyone in their sight. It's like, thanks. I <laughs> appreciate that. Like, you could have done that maybe the last few years.
1: Totally. That's a good point. <laughs> that is sort of annoying, too. Yeah. It's like, if they were Gonzaga historically who they've been, yeah. great WCC team, right? Great W, But not. Blue not, blood. not the Duke of the West, for heaven's right. sakes. Duke of the West. I mean, geez louise. Let's talk about the Denver game. BYU got back to their winning ways against Denver. Kind of an interesting game just from a – there were some local ties on that Denver Pioneer team. There was a, a former Utah player, Jackson Brenchley. I think he led the team in scoring in the loss. Career high. Career high for Jackson Brenchley. Good for him. BYU gets back to a, a high-scoring affair – and I thought the most notable thing from that game for me was Noah Waterman getting back on track. One, from a shooting perspective, but two, he's got to be effective on the glass. That Noah Waterman against Utah, that I had flashbacks to last year's Noah Waterman. Just shy of physical contact, and when the shot's not falling, he's not adding anything. And I love that he poured in more than 20 points and was shooting the three-ball well. I love that. But what he told us earlier in Cougar Sports Saturday is what has to happen. When the shot's not falling, can you impact the game? Because that didn't happen against Utah. I know he scored against Denver. and That may have had a role in his double-digit rebounding affair, which was a career high, by the way. But he has to rebound the ball. He has to block shots. He has to be physical because they need him to be that. And so that was a positive for me that what happened last week against Utah, Mitch, that didn't carry over to the next game. He just quickly got back on track, making an impact on both sides of the floor.
2: 22 and 14 for Noah Waterman. It was it was a career night for him. I was really impressed with what he did. I think you're, you make a great point that hit, that bounce back was was promising. I think it's also promising that BYU just has this ability to, to just crush teams. You know, they, they don't hang or let, let these far inferior teams hang around. They just crush them. Denver outscored BYU in the second half, and maybe the score looks a little closer than the game you ever those felt. last
1: two garbage minutes, right. though. It's a twenty-point win, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, BYU just annihilates teams, and it's it's just quite inspiring. Because I don't care in college basketball nowadays; like every team gets a guy or two that's a good transfer from a you know heralded school that had a little bit of run coming up through the recruiting ranks. Everyone's got talent in the portal era. And just to nightly just crush teams, I just think there's there's what you noted in hour one. This team's got good chemistry, and they they really know where to be at all times, and they feed off each other quite well. I still think, and I'm fascinated to see what it's going to look like in the Big Twelve for, for BYU because I I really could still see a scenario Matt where they could be seven and eleven. Like <laughs> I just think the Big Twelve is so good, uh, but I also could see you know ten and eight where they're one of the upper tier teams and uh, they're going to be in kind of hanging around the top half of the conference and well in position to be an at large team with a good single digit seed in March Madness. So, but I want to see this, this group continue to shoot the three ball at a high level. They started out slow against Denver and then they kind of picked up steam and and got back to their their shooting ways. But they will jack up a lot of threes, and I love that about this group. I think that's what's fun about this team is that they have an identity, they're going to lean into that, and they're going to keep jacking up threes. And I'm all for that because that's what this team needs to do. That's exactly what this team needs to do, and that's how they're going to win
1: against some of these. I'm not saying they're going to beat a Baylor or a Kansas per se, but if you have any fighting chance of beating those teams, you've got to make 16 threes and shoot. 40%, 40%, and BYU, they've shown that they can do that.
2: BYU, too, what's kind of underrated about BYU going into the Big 12 this year, they have a favorable schedule compared to other Big 12 teams. They only get Kansas once. That's on the road. You only get Houston once, but that's a home. You get Texas, who's been looking beatable, but got a lot of talent once, and it's at home. They've got a home-and-home home with UCF, a home-and-home home with Oklahoma State, home-and-home home with K-State. Some of the teams that are in the bottom half of the conference, at least going in, as non-conference winds down, I, I just think there's a lot of breaks on the schedule where you're not getting the heavy hitters at the top home and homes, or at least two and or just one on the road. There's some scheduling quirks that went BYU's way that create a path where they could be a really good team. And, man, that, that's just – it's it's so – I think Cougar fans are still in this kind of wait-and-see mode because they really want to see it all play out in Big 12 play. And I think the Utah game made them feel – a little bit more reserved, but I'm of the belief that I feel like that team showed quite well, that they faced adversity and still had a chance to beat a good Utah team on the road in the Huntsman Center with a chance to either tie or win it. And Look, Mark Pope came out of that post-game presser. Mark Pope, for fans that don't see the post-game pressers or hear them often, there are losses where Mark Pope is just dejected, where he is just, you can tell he is just frustrated, and he wears sometimes his emotions on his sleeve, yep. and it the losses sometimes, sometimes sink him and his emotions and his answers. That was the most positive I've ever seen Mark Pope out of a loss because, one, I think he re- admired that his team facing so much adversity was still right there on the road against a potential NCAA tournament team in Utah. And, two, it's also the fact that no longer are those games against Utah one of only five opportunities in the season to get quad one wins. You're going to get 16, 18 quad one opportunities this season. So it's like you, there's still a long way to go. And and I think that there was a lot of perspective there. And I think he knows that this team's good and he knows that they're going to get better. And now with these personnel additions of Marcus Adams and soon to be Dawson Baker, this team can get a lot better. Hopefully they can get foos back sooner than later because, Missing out on foos is, is a tough pill to swallow.
1: Let's look at the month of January. I think it's kind of interesting because we're going to learn a lot about this team in the month of January. You start it off at home against Cincinnati. have to win that game, I think. And Can I add, too, about some of the home games? Have you been a little disappointed at the home showings? At least I have. I know the opponents haven't been great, but for goodness sake, this is a ranked basketball team that plays a fun brand of basketball. I want to see a better showing at the Marriott Center. And it's going to be tough these next three games because school's out. The, the Rock's probably not going to be rocking. But, like, come January 6th, I I'm ex- I have high expectations because these are high-quality opponents coming into town. I need Gonzaga vibes at every
2: single home game. <laughs> I agree. I, I think that's one of the drawbacks to ticket prices going up, reseating the Marriott Center. Uh, you bring in more of a corporate vibe. And with a corporate vibe, you're not, you know, you're maybe giving away tickets and maybe the lower bowls premium seats are like empty and you're going, this is a ranked team. Like what's going on here. Yep. It's been weird this year, going to the Marriott center and seeing some of the seats of people that I grew accustomed to for the last two, three decades, always seeing in the same seats, no longer there. It's It's been kind of a weird dynamic. There's this guy that, uh, that always has headphones like to our left in the media perspective. He's been there for years uh, and no longer there because they got reseated. And and I hate that because
1: yeah. it's look again, I know the quality of the opponents have not been great coming into ta- sure. coming into town. And that's part of it. And that's a part of it. But for sure you lose out on some of the diehards when you do that. Mm-hmm. And I get it. You got to pay the bills, but there's got to be room left for, for the little guys and, I liked that there was the, the mini-packs that came out earlier in the week. $20 for, yeah. was it Bellarmine and, and Wyoming? And I think there was a three-pack for 25 bucks. Georgia State tonight, too. Okay, yeah. So, I like that, but th- th- we need a little bit more of that. Because it can't just be, oh, Baylor's coming to town, so we're going to jack it up. Because, to your point, it's the diehards aren't going to pay that. Because yeah. it, it's, it's difficult. And I hate that that could potentially have, I hope I'm wrong an impact on the vibe, because you need the Marriott Center. Again, looking at the month of January, Mitch, you got Cincinnati at home on the 6th, you welcome in Iowa State a good team, and then back-to-back home games against ranked teams, Houston and Texas. There cannot be an empty seat. It has to be loud and crazy, because those teams are more talented than BYU. That's just the bottom line. You've got to exercise the Marriott home court advantage and hopefully some hot shooting, to beat some of these teams at home. And I just, I hate going to some of these games as a a longtime BYU fan, feeling like, gosh, this team deserves better than this. Like, we're privileged. We get to go as media members. But I'd like to think that I'd be going to some of these games as a fan because the team is fun to watch and they're nationally
2: ranked. And you don't get that every year at BYU. No, you don't. And, you no, the San Diego State game was a great atmosphere, but it, I don't believe it was quite a sellout. I think the tickets were sold, but the seat, actual uh, butts in the seats weren't quite filled to capacity. But, yeah, I mean, that it's just a new era of of seating, and, you know, if Lavelle Ridge Stadium next year is going to be reseated, and I just hope that those core fans that were the life and blood of this fan base locally don't feel like they're getting squeezed out, but i I got to imagine some are, and it's tough, you know, because – you're focusing more on bottom lines and revenues, and BYU's never been about that. They've they've never worried about the revenue and the money they make. They just want to get, you know, they want to grow the fan base. They want to grow eyeballs on the product. But, you know, in the Big 12, Brett Yormark, he wants to improve the bottom lines and the money and the revenues, and BYU's kind of got to fall in line in, with that. So it's a tough juggling act, but I do think that's what's caused a little bit of the lighter crowds is that you've got a little more corporate vibe in that lower bowl because they're the ones that are gobbling up the tickets. They get kind of the first priority, those corporate sponsors and you're just not getting that kind of rocking crowd from the opening tip. And and then you also and pair in the opponents too.
1: Not to, to get off my high horse. I think the thing that bothers me the most about the, the rising prices is other than some higher quality opponents at, at home, which is nice. Don't get me wrong. That is nice. Yeah, I feel like be. the fans are getting less than they've ever gotten. It, it's
2: oh, it's coming though in January, or February. Like that, that's gonna be pretty sweet. I know it's I gonna. Mean, be. You're gonna be in games that the nation is talking about. Like when BYU lines up against Texas, and, and it's. I'm not
1: saying it's not great. I'm just saying you're paying a lot more, and you're getting you. You don't get open practices. You you don't get you don't get a lot of the stuff that you got when we were growing up. Yeah,
2: and you pay true. a lot more. Not going to the Richards Building summer. Summer uh, game, pickup games, watching those. Nope, I was sick. I was sick to Jenner kid. Uh, let's get <laughs> to a break. Uh, let's talk more Cougar hoops. Also, we'll work in maybe some Cougar football this hour too. Do we want to see a uh, a Ute as BYU's next quarterback?
1: I like that. Let's do that at two we'll thirty. We'll talk about we'll wish hit on lists. That. and yeah.
2: then also more on Cougar Sports Saturday, powered by Castle Sports. Welcome back in Cougar Sports Saturday. It's college football bowl game Saturday. Bowl season officially underway. BYU basketball game day tonight. Cougars going to be taking on Georgia State, the Panthers. Tip off at 7, pregame at 6. We'll have coverage inside the Marriott Center. All the coverage can be found on kslsports.com. Anything stand out in this matchup to you about BYU? Is there, or is it just another matchup where BYU take care of business, stay healthy, it's keep just doing another your matchup.
1: Thing. The only thing I'm really interested in is Dawson Baker, yeah. Marcus Adams. Marcus Adams, I think, would be a long shot to play because he hasn't practiced much. Yeah. But Dawson Baker, we keep hearing he's ramping up, mm-hmm. he's getting ready. Okay, he's got to get ready now because I just I uh, coming back to January's uh, schedule. I know we ripped through it quickly, but you got Cincinnati at home. Then you go on a little road trip, which I think you're going on. Baylor and Central Florida. Right? You're hitting the road for those? Yeah, I'll be at Baylor and UCF, that's, yeah. That's sweet. Then you come home for Iowa State, critical game. You gotta have to one. win that game. Then you go, this is another game on the road where I feel like you gotta find a way to get it. At Texas Tech. They're okay. Yeah. I mean, they're better Slow than Slow pace. It's like
2: Virginia, man.
1: They're better than okay, but they're not unbeatable. Yeah, they they could be had. Then can you split Houston and Texas at home. That's January for you. Like, it's tough. And how do you work in Dawson Baker or Marcus Adams when you're scratching and clawing for wins That's and you're, the thing? And you're facing those teams where you want to turn to what you know. Hundred percent. Like it's not about it's not about working people in. It's about winning games. Starting January 1, 2024,
2: four, it is about winning games. But I will say though, coming out of Big Twelve Media Day back in October. I felt like Mark Pope knew pre-Dawson Baker injury that Dawson Baker was going to be a dude. Like That's what I'm saying. He was, he's was saying he got to get some time tonight. He was saying this guy's got the potential to be a real difference maker. Who's going to
1: be the difference maker in the next three games at backup point guard? Dawson Baker or Trey yeah. Stewart? That's what I think it comes down to. Yeah, Because Trey Stewart, to me, bless his soul, he's been a loyal guy to BYU. The offense just isn't good enough.
2: And I want to see Dallin Hall improve a little bit. I, I think totally. Hall had a underrated performance I think fans that were feeling underwhelmed by how he played against Denver I disagree with that I thought he was a good uh facilitator he was plus 23 and plus minus highest on the team but he needs to shoot the ball better I need to see Dallin hall shoot the three at a consistent high clip also want to see Trevin L kind of get out of this shooting slump look I, I don't want to say it Trevin I'm just well I'm gonna say it because you know Trevin's a good dude he, he he'd chuckle if we heard it since he got the dog I'm, I'm <laughs> Has been going sideways. Is he getting enough sleep? Is he waking up too much in the middle of the night? Look, dog parenting is not quite the dog other side.
1: Parenting is way harder than it gets credit for. Oh it's, yeah, it's not.
2: It's not child parenting. Like, yeah, you, you can. You can put that thing in a cage in a kennel. Like I can't do that to. that. I can't, do that <laughs> I to can't you, baby. put my nine month old Chloe in a kennel. I'd like to, because all she wants oh, to she do, her,
1: all she wants to do is walk and eat. I'd like to put her in a kennel sometimes.
2: <laughs> but uh, I'm just saying, Trevin. Gotta get that eight hours. Get that shot right. There's, there's no pure stroke in in BYU. He basketball is to his. me is the X factor he because is. if he had
1: made three threes against Utah, they win the game.
2: Yeah, I also knocked down free throws too on the on, in on the road in clutch situations. That was a kind of a disappointing performance in that regard on the free throw line too for BYU against Utah. We gotta take a break. Football talk next. Transfer portal quarterbacks. We're hitting on that. Cougar Sports Saturday, powered by KSL Sports. BYU.
0: Cougar Sports Saturday. It's complete and another touchdown. Cougar Sports Saturday. Saturday. A presentation of KSL Sports. KSL Sports. Left wing for three. He got it again! BYU Sports Talk by Cougar fans for Cougar fans. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Bayamante. On Utah's legacy home of the Cougars. KSL news radio 102.7 FM and 1160 a.m
1: to quote one of uh, our favorite comedies growing up Mitch it's time for portal talk <laughs> let's go I love portal talk portal talk day what day is it we should have a we need to like create a little sounder day 14
2: portal <laughs> talk the mood is tense. Day 11, actually. Portal talk. The mood is tense. We're
1: waiting here at the San Diego Zoo for breaking <laughs> news.
2: Let's go down to Brian Fantana. Brian, can you describe the scene around the portal? <laughs> well, I just logged in and. <laughs> oh, man. That's the names so good. continue to flow. It's so good. You
1: could do a whole. Anchorman spinoff locally with different outlets covering
2: the portal. <laughs> we what should are you, do that. What are you doing here? The <laughs> Des News. <laughs> we should have that. A local media street fight. How'd you get here? <laughs> oh, that is too funny. Nate, how'd you get a hand grenade? <laughs>
1: oh, man, that's good. Anchorman, what a great movie. Anyways, Portal Talk. What is the latest on everyone's favorite position, the backwards hat
2: wearing quarterbacks? <laughs> the good news is that BYU is not losing guys to the portal. Yep. The bad news is they're they're not adding many players out of the portal yet. That they're I would let me add to that. They're
1: not adding players out of the portal that they are heavily going after. Yes. They're going at they're going other plate. That's a concern to me. It's one thing if you're casting your net to hundreds of kids and hoping one sticks, I get that. But there's been a couple of dudes they've been really going
2: after, and they're not coming to BYU. Here's an interesting thought, though, Matt. We were we have a group text, Cougar Sports Saturday group text, and this is inspired by that group text. Nate Slack, our great producer, EP of the show, does a fine job. He said he's getting on board with the idea of Bryson Barnes. Like it's not like nothing official. Get him in here. Nate we need can, we need producer in Nate in here. We need, but he r- likes the idea, the idea of BYU pursuing Bryson Barnes, who's the pig farmer up at Utah quarterback. Don't refer to him. to the- Look, she, he's embracing. Is- he's got apparel on it. Let me well, ask I mean, you:
1: If you took that sentence out of
2: context, they're embracing the idea of bringing in the pig farmer. I'm trying to embrace the the news roll desk. I will read anything that's on that teleprompter, Matt. Okay, Go put the question mark on the. They are embracing the idea of bringing in the pig farmer. If Bryson Barnes was like, "I'm, I'm interested in going to BYU." Now he's in the portal. He's going to start for Utah in the Vegas bowl. He's still part of the Utah program. I think it speaks to his character, but he's keeping his options open. Should BYU? Well, there's one option that's not open. He's not going back to Utah. Should BYU pursue Bryson Barnes, aka
1: the pig farmer? Before I answer your question, producer Nate has a hot mic. Why are you warming up to that idea?
3: There's a few reasons. I think he's played well in some big games for Utah, even coming in in some difficult spots. Like the first Rose Bowl against Ohio State, he came in and had a nice touchdown pass to Kincaid. He, he had a good game against USC last year. He can use his legs a little more than Slovis can. I like how he has two more years of eligibility remaining as well. Um, he's from a small town in Utah, so I think he wants to stick around locally if he can. Um, And then he's got P5 experience, so I think that's something that helps as well. But um, I think one underrated aspect, too, is he's going to have a chip on his shoulder, and I think that works really well for quarterbacks especially. Um, I I like that especially with BYU playing Utah next year, and he can go into that game knowing the defense, having played against them in practices, and uh, really wanting to win that game. I think that's kind of a fun aspect, too. He makes a compelling case, Matt.
2: Uh, What was the question you just asked? Before he should BYU pursue Bryce? I
3: think the answer
1: is yes, uh, largely because of what um, Nate just said. The P five experience is one thing, and then I think, like, go into, lean into the chip on your shoulder mentality. My concern, I have two concerns with that. Number one, Kalani has been very quick to deflect the Utah chip on the shoulder throughout his head coaching career. He does
2: not like. I think that's public. I think behind think? closed doors, I bet he's he's ratching that thing up. I mean, that emotion that came out after that win, like I think he says to the to the public. May, okay, you might be I right. Bet there. He plays that up a lot more behind closed doors I than hope we that think. You're right. Because
1: I, I'd wish that he played it up more in public. Just it, like, hey, that's great that you chopped your teeth at Utah and they got you into the into the job. You can appreciate that while also still throwing a few jabs at the team up north. Yeah,
2: I think behind closed doors, Kalani ratchets up that. Okay, well, ra- Kalani, if
1: you're listening, we need a couple remarks in the <laughs> offseason. The The bigger concern, though, if I'm being real, is I have real doubts that Aaron Roderick would be able to use him appropriately after hmm. what we just saw with Keaton Slovis this past year. I just, I like Bryson Barnes. I think he's a serviceable quarterback. If used correctly, and before this past year, I would have said anyone can work with Aaron Roderick. Now I don't feel that way. Now I feel like you got to be dual threat
2: or it's not going to work. And we're having this conversation, too, for people that haven't been following all the the portal watch, day 11, the mood is tense. BYU just swung and, and missed on some portal prospects. You know, Sam Levitt, Michigan State brother, to former BYU and Utah State linebacker, Dallin Levitt, He's off to Arizona State. They should have probably not gotten the mix there just because of the the Levitt family. Sure. Uh, Curtis Rourke, Ohio quarterback, he's going to Indiana. They've contacted a lot of guys. So you're in, in the portal is, it's not drying up. There, there's still a bunch of quarterbacks in there. BYU's going to be able to find someone. But you're getting to now a, a threshold where there's a lot more quarterbacks that aren't this plug-and-play They are just a star. They're going to come in and just be the guy. There's going to be some quarterbacks that maybe they're leaving because they haven't been given the runway to be the guy. And that's kind of a Bryson Barnes where he was the backup. What about Ty Thompson from Oregon? Has he committed anywhere? He has not. I'm
1: interested in that.
2: Yes, that would be one. I think BYU cast a wide net. But you also look at BYU from the lens of they're probably not going to pay a premium rate. You know, Tom Homel told me last week, and it was in that interview on Cougar Sports Saturday. Like, when I asked him, Are are you guys willing to pay millions for a quarterback? He kind of danced around that, but was like, We're going to operate in a business sense like BYU. And look, they got more money than they put off. I don't believe this notion that BYU is poor and that collective, the Royal Blue Collective, is just empty and they have nothing to offer. Like, we got, hey, we got a, you know, 400 bucks and a chance to play in front of a cool family. It's like, they got more to offer than you think, folks. But but it's also and not going <laughs> to be Cam Ward money where you're going, uh, Washington State's quarterback, Cam Ward's maybe going to pull down $2 million? Like, what are we doing here? Like, Cam Ward's a good player. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I'd love to have him.
1: He's not a $2 million But
2: what are we talking about? Like, we all not watch college football this year. That's a $2 million man? I don't know. Maybe I just don't understand the market and the NIL. But, but some of these guys, because quarterback is so critical to the successes of teams, Schools will overpay, so then you get to the part where, and this I'm not sure on this. I don't really get into the weeds of of players their religious affiliation oh, away from BYU, but Barnes is LDS, right? Do we know that?
3: Yeah, we know that for sure. Okay. We
2: okay. we mind. have
1: some sources on the show that can confirm. Well, and
2: I just bring that up because you think that maybe there's a feeling of like you want to be a BYU, like you know LDS, like. It aligns with your views, you know. Like, not say every LDS person wants to be at BYU. There's, geez, geez, I've grown up with so many people over there. It's like, I hate BYU. I hate everything about. I'm like, I go to church on Sunday. Like, no, they everything that BYU practice anyway. But you know, I I think that's where you entertain the conversation with someone like Bryson Barnes because it could make sense from a lot of perspectives. You know what I also
1: like too about potentially Bryson Barnes is that there's all the upside that you guys have laid out. But it's also not like okay, he is going to come in and he's the face of the program, and we just have to do it his way. I'm not, and that's not a shot it, at Keaton Slovis. It still opens
2: the door for Retzlaff and that's Ryder I'm, Burton to compete.
1: That's what I'm saying. Is I like the idea of hey, you can come in here, and we love the experience, and yada yada yada. But it, it's going to truly be a competition. It's not going to be like the Keaton Slovis competition yeah. last year where we were getting told, oh, it's a co-. it's like, give me a break. You got a JC quarterback who's never played. You got Cade Finnegan who didn't even play in the bowl game, for heaven's sakes. And, like, that was never a competition. So I like the idea of that, too, where it's like, hey, come in here, you but you got to win the job because we got an incumbent who played the last four games, and we got an up-and-coming young guy that we like I like that element of a true
2: competition, everyone, you know, the the best quarterback would play in that scenario. Time's taking two because ideally, ideally, you have the quarterback in place by January 6th, which, which is the start of the winter semester, winter conditioning gets going, and you're there from day one, and you set the tone for the season. Because, like, I know that fans and, and all of us, like, we'll be counting down to August 31st when they line it up against Southern Illinois, but really, day one of 2024 starts coming up in January, January 6th. So you want to have that guy ideally in place. You can let it you know, run into you know, February if you need to, but we've seen how that works in basketball where you get Rudy Williams late, and it's just like it's a little bit harder. You want to have that person in place for a few months, then you go into spring ball. And look, that doesn't mean it's going to guarantee success because I would have told you based on the off-the-field stuff with Keon Slovis, this is a home run. It's going to work. Like, I came out of spring ball – Drinking a little bit of the Kool Aid with Keenan because I was like, "This just this guy feels like a PYU man. He's like throwing the ball great. Like this looks awesome." But then you're like, Ugh. "Kind of was a case of he is who he is." And so it's it's a tough juggling act. At what point, guys? Let's ask you, Nate. At what point do you just you Just say, you know what? We're gonna go with the guys we got. Retzlaff, Burton, Noah Lugo joins the high school ranks. Roll with these cats and see what they got.
3: Yeah, it's a good question. I think it probably depends on who enters the portal after spring ball. Because yeah. if there's any big names to enter after spring ball, but kind of no what way. You've laid if out, you're you entertaining
1: after. dudes after spring, I am completely out on that. No chance.
3: What if there's like a legit high caliber? That could be interesting. Could come in?
1: No way. That, that would break it's, the fabric of the program, in my opinion. I just
3: no. It's not. It's not ideal. But I'm just saying. That's yes.
1: It's the new world we're in. If it's it if it's Kurt Warner or Brock Purdy or Steve Young, yeah, I'm interested. <laughs> Outside of that, I'm like like being real. In that scenario, we'd have to be talking. I'm trying to think of dudes that are going to be highly drafted. We Quinn Ewers would have to be hit the portal. Because
2: I'm just to the point where you go if you're not going to pay like the highest dollar rate, then. You got to entertain that idea where it might just have to be developed the guys within. Yeah. And because I think whether you or not you get a Bryson Barnes or whatever portal guy you get. If you can't get a Bryson Barnes, then sound <laughs> well, the alarm. Listen, uh, right? No, that's not necessarily the case. Like, who knows if Bryson Barnes will to be at BYU? Like, the. Some
3: people just don't want to be a BYU He yeah, grew Matt, up a Utah, Utah fan. Okay. He's, he's, he grew up a big Utah fan. Like,
2: you'd have to recruit him and earn, earn his commitment agree, like any player. But like, if he, just because he's a if homegrown he's got dude. An off, let's, look, this is
3: all
1: hypothetical here. That's what makes the offseason so much fun. <laughs> if you got an offer sheet out of the portal of BYU, Utah State, Utah Tech. Nice hire with Lance Anderson, by the way. Shout out to uh, our friends down in St. George. And, I don't know, let's throw in another Nevada you can't land that cat. Sound
2: the alarm. I'm sorry. You disagree? Yeah, just because you you don't. I, I just feel like there's so many nuances that go into the quarterback position that play into the role of deciding where you're going to go. Like, I I just think that sometimes these guys want the path of least resistance, and that the least resistance might not be BYU. Now, if you get a if you got a Cam Ward or a KJ Jefferson who just entered the portal today. By all means, hand the job to K.J. Jefferson, please. That's my pie-in-the-sky guy. I would love to interview K.J. Jefferson on a consistent basis. That guy, like, I feel like there'd be like a, we'd almost have to have a Thick Boys segment, a sponsored NIL, like, (laughs) it's like me and K.J. talking shop, Thick Boys. Live
1: from the local barbecue. (laughs) We're
2: at, like, some barbecue rib place. Like, yeah, me and K.J. But, like, I, I just think that, there's just a lot that goes into the quarterback recruiting. And, like, I mean, honestly, I'm I like, I'm uh, offended that Curtis Rourke from Ohio goes to Indiana. Like, why are you going to Indiana? Like, what have they ever done other than Antoine Randall L? Like, what are you doing going there? They launched Michael Penix, who eventually got to Washington. Yeah, I think did that. Like, they had that one COVID year. We got to take a break. Let's keep this conversation going. We'll talk Cougar Tales as well and put a bow on the show. It's Cougar Sports Saturday, powered by KSL Sports.
1: Welcome back in. Final segment of the show. Been a good one. I was getting a little sleepy to start hour number three. I didn't sleep well last night. Portal talk (laughs) has reinvigorated me. There's just, I love talking.
2: One quarterback especially.
1: Hypotheticals. You know,
2: and I think the quarterback position, I do believe, Matt, Ryder Burton, look, he hasn't played a down. I'm telling you, though, he's got some goods to him.
1: They're, I I'll tell you what I did like. He spent a lot of time after practice this year working with Talmadge, Gunther, other receivers. So he's
2: got a work ethic. He's like Zach. I'm telling you, he is like a Zach Wilson. But the problem with him is that a college he, Zach, right? College Zach. Yes. Okay, yeah. Well, okay. I mean, if he's last week Zach, then yeah, the, good point. The Jets, that'd be a great Zach. <laughs> good point. Uh, but you know, even Keith Slovis back in fall camp. You know, he was saying that Ryder always is picking his brain, and he acknowledged him as the future. I just think Ryder's so young, but I really like that kid. I think that he's got some potential, but do you really want to throw a season to an 18-year-old and, say, get us to a bowl game? I don't know. Maybe you do a situation where you get a transfer, and you know internally in the building that Ryder's maybe the future, and then you'd play it like Zach. Where you find your spot in the season to then insert him is the starter. You know, like that—that was the key for Zach. If you would have started him week one against in 2018, we're probably not having the story of Zach Wilson being this amazing BYU great. It probably would have went sideways, and there would have been some adversity. But they found the spot to insert him in a soft spot of schedule. There's no real soft spot on next year's schedule, but you know, you just kind of wonder. There won't be a soft spot ever again, because I do think Riders got that. I, I really do. I think he's got the high end potential to be a really good quarterback. And look, maybe Retzlaff could be a, a guy that wins over a locker room. Like I mean, I'm seeing him playing basketball with players at the Smithfield House and Keelan Marion, Darius Lasher. There's something to be said about that. Like to have that kind of chemistry with guys and win over players in the locker room. I mean, I know Retzlaff had disastrous turnovers, but you know. I'm not out on Retzlaff. You're not.
1: I'm not out. I just don't think he did enough to be handed the job. That's the yes. Thing.
3: That's that's fair.
1: So okay. I, I want him to be in the mix, and that's why I, maybe I am warming up to Barnes, just like Nate was warming up because <laughs> about I Nate like, Johnson. I'm not. I'm not in on Nate Johnson just because. Can he throw the football? Yeah. I I think there that was why he didn't play at Utah. They inserted him and he couldn't throw the ball, and you can't be one dimensional. I don't care how athletic you are you can't be one-dimensional i know he's young and maybe that can develop but if we're gonna throw in someone to develop then let's go with what we got or burton to your point I, you know so i think barnes or someone like barnes would be great because then you can best man wins and if it's retz laugh that's great and if it's not then he's not ready
2: yeah just get someone Get someone to uh, add to that quarterback room. We got to put a bow on this show. Cougar tales, real quick. Anything of note, Nate? As we wrap up the program,
3: there's not a whole lot. We're kind of in a slow spot. I know there was a, a couple of um, women's volleyball players who were drafted. Aaron
2: Livingston, welcome back. That
1: was a big announcement. Well done. Yeah,
2: for women's volleyball. She's yeah. good. Do we got a score update on women's basketball? I know they're playing Idaho State right now. Women, BOE women. They're they're without Nani Falatish. She stepped away from the program. Kind of that was a an shocking, ominous move. type vibe. Cloudy as far as the details as to why that was the case. Amber Whiting was asked why that was, and she didn't want to get into it. So
3: uh, BOE trails 37 to Idaho State at mm. the break.
2: Huh. Okay. Is this year? It's been a little rocky for for women's hoops. They're eight two, but. You're just wondering what it's going to look like in the Big 12. Yep. Is it yep. enough? But they got young talent, though. Kaylee Woolston's good. Am- Amari Whiting's good. they got young pieces. All right. I guess
1: that'll do it, huh? So, for next week, the final show before Christmas, you guys have a wonderful weekend. For Mitch Harper, Matt Paimonte, glad to have Nate Slack back on board with us this week. Thanks for all you do. We'll see you next week.